Uh, the Ontario government set to introduce this new legislation, and it will give app-based gig workers fundamental rights that they have been missing up until now. Here to talk about it, Lior Samfira joins us. He is employment lawyer and co-founding partner with Samfira to Mark and LLP. Lior, welcome to the show. Great to have you back. Always great to be on, Kelly. All right, so let's talk about uh, what we know. Uh, the you know because we do have a couple of details on this new digital platform workers' rights act. Uh, I would assume you think it's about time since you were part of the you launched that class action lawsuit for gig workers, right? Well, yes, and, and that class action is still going strong, and at some point, hopefully, we'll have a resolution. But certainly, we, we've been saying for a while that gig workers are not independent contractors. They can't be treated like the the plumber that you call into your house to fix a problem who then goes and does another job. That is an independent contractor. Gig workers, for the most part, rely on the companies that they work for. They're dependent on them, and they should be treated differently in the eyes of the law. And I think that what we're seeing the government of Ontario doing is recognizing that, saying, no, they're not independent contractors. They should have rights, protections like minimum wage, protections like openness in terms of how their pay is calculated and what happens to their tips. So I think that that is a very good step in the right direction and something that uh, we've been advocating for for uh, a number of years now. It's hard to believe in a country like Canada that, that there are some jobs where people don't even know how their wages are calculated. That seems ridiculous. So when we're talking about uh, gig workers, we're talking about uh, couriers, we're talking about those uh ride-sharing program, uh, platform drivers. So they now will be receiving uh, $15 an hour of minimum wage. Uh, Let's talk about that because I think the interesting thing is the proposed legislation calls for the uh, province's uh, $15 an hour minimum wage to also be um, afforded to them, but only for active time, not periods that the worker spends waiting for apps to dispatch them. Are there any red flags there for you? Well, certainly if, uh, if someone is waiting for uh, a long time, then th- that's going to be a problem. And, and we have to understand that the nature of this, this gig work is that there are times that you are not working and, and you're know, waiting and times that you're actively working and working really, really hard. But it, I think that it's up until now, the way that it's worked is that you get a certain amount per fare and regardless of how much time uh, you spend, and for many people, that could have been a fraction, 4 or $5 an hour. I've spoken with many people like that. Now, the fact that you're not getting paid while you're uh, on, on call and waiting, I don't think that is right. If, if you've logged on and they've accepted you being mm-hmm. logged on, you should get paid for that as well. Uh, you know, the Ubers of the world or the other companies can say, no, we don't need you right now, so we're not going to have you log on. But if they've accepted you, they should pay you. So I think that that may come as a next stage if and when these gig employees are recognized uh, as employees, in fact. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to fault the government of Ontario for at least taking a step in the right direction. The new rules also would prohibit companies from withholding tips from employees. How common of a complaint has that been with you, uh, Lior? Well, the problem is not even so much that they were withheld tips, but they had no idea what happened with the tips, that there was just a lack of openness. You know, did we receive it? Did we not? How much? Was it held back? Was it not? So, you know, a lot of these gig employees would get a certain amount of money. They would have no idea how that was calculated. So right now, with the idea that 
the, the uh, company has to be open and has to provide a full accounting of how pay is calculated and them not allowing to withhold tips, I think that's going to solve some of the concerns that these many gig employees have had, just not knowing you know, what their next pay is going to look like and how it was calculated. Another thing that was really egregious is people working for these uh, app-based companies had no idea when their payday would be in some cases. So they are going to have to now pr- provide a recurring pay period with a formal payday. Can you imagine working and not knowing when your check uh, comes in, when your pay comes in? You have financial obligations. You have to pay your rent and your bills by a certain time. So having that certainty of knowing when money comes in is one of the most fundamental rights that all employees have. Uh, and, and I think the gig employees should not be any different than that. That, that is huge for them. And I think it's going to alleviate a lot of concerns, a lot of stressors that I know that they have. I know that uh, the Globe and Mail did a pretty comprehensive piece I was looking at earlier this morning uh, about this new, uh, it's it's specifically called, let me get the uh, Digital Platform Workers Rights Act. Not that it matters to anyone. Basically, it is going to uh, make sure that gig workers are paid a minimum wage of $15 an hour and have some transparency around their um, employment, which is great. I, I think the name and what I meant by not that anyone cares is really names a name is a name. I mean, that's just uh, neither here nor there to most people. They just want to make sure they're taken care of and rightfully so. But I was reading that uh, there was a proposal sent to the Ontario and other provincial governments uh, by Uber. And it happened earlier this month, called for the rules that would mean $18 an hour minimum wage, higher than the one McNaughton is proposing and will announce this morning for active time for its gig workers in Ontario, along with legislated portable benefits package. The higher rates meant to compensate drivers for downtime and the cost of gas and insurance. Uh, What do you know about Uber's proposal and what are they up to? Because they really have been fighting up until now. They are fighting and continue to fight to try to avoid these individuals being classified as employees. And ultimately, their their proposal was not as, as clear cut as that. They had a lot of exceptions, ultimately, that would not necessarily result in this result, in my view, in the same value of a guaranteed at least minimum wage. And listen, we hope that these individuals are going to make more than the $15 an hour. But what we don't want to see is we don't want to see situations where they're making a lot less. So so I, I think that Uber, there's a lot of other things that it's trying to avoid. And I'm not just picking on Uber. There's other companies. For example, what sure. about vacation pay and statutory holiday pay and termination pay, uh, overtime, all these entitlements that we say these individuals should have, like the rest of us. And uh, right now, Uber and the rest of the companies have denied them. And my hope that at some point, whether it be through legislation, but more likely through a decision of uh, our courts here in Ontario and in Canada, we will see those rights extended to these uh, gig individuals, gig employees. Yeah. Um, are you surprised that termination pay isn't really coming up in, uh, in this legislation? Uh, I, I am not surprised. I think that uh, it, it's the kind of the easiest thing to deal with is with respect to minimum wage. I think that oftentimes these things happen in stages. You know, even when uh, we have had our Employment Standards Act implemented, it took years before it got to the to the shape that it is right now. So I'm not surprised by that. But I actually hope that our court system will be faster than our legislature. 
so that when there's a decision that says these individuals are employees, then the laws that we already have on the books will apply to them, and we're not going to need new laws. We're not going to need these measures. So if, if things go the way that I, I think they should go, then this legislation is really just an interim measure that's going to get us to the point where our courts decide now these individuals have a whole host of rights that they don't otherwise have. Right. So we're talking baby steps here. But there's something else that uh, was mentioned uh, earlier on this month by McNaughton. And that, of course, was the uh, portable benefits package. Are you shocked that this uh, new legislation will not mention it, it doesn't mention at all portable benefits package extending to gig workers? Does that indicate that there may be challenges associated with making a portable benefit package a reality across the board? Because this really probably isn't going to be introduced uh, until after the election. That's right. And, and I, I, I am surprised. I think that that is something that could and should have been done. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, what they've indicated, the government has indicated that that's kind of up next. That's something we're looking at and considering it. So I, I would hope that at some point these benefits will be made available or the option of benefits will be made available for gig employees. Uh, and you'd be surprised, Kelly, how many of these employees rely on the Ubers and, and the other companies of the world as their sole source of income. So they don't have benefits through other sources. So it is important that that be something that's addressed and resolved. Um, Lior, what's your takeaway uh, from the little that we know about this new legislation? Well, the key here is now we're, we're finally facing reality. The reality that's been obvious, I think, to, to a lot of us, and that is, these individuals are not contractors. They're not in business for themselves. They have rights. And up until now, they were in this, this black hole of no rights whatsoever, kind of the Wild West. So I think that is a welcome step to say, wait a second, that's not right. We recognize that here in this province, we have laws that should be abided by. And you don't get to circumvent laws by calling someone or by, by misclassifying someone into a position that's not appropriate. So I think that sends a strong message uh, here in Ontario and, and hopefully beyond. And again, not the final step, but certainly a step in the right direction. Will there be a grace period for um, the app companies to get everything sorted once this legislation is introduced? Yeah, I would I would be very surprised. The legislation of, of this magnitude doesn't come into effect Monday. Uh, there, there should be a period of time uh, during which they, they have, a, yeah, especially when they haven't been conditioned to uh, pay minimum wage or to guarantee a certain amount of income. So hopefully that, that period of time is not too long because there are individuals that, that are not treated properly. But I do expect uh, a bit of a lead-in period before that actually takes effect. Lior, thanks so much for joining us. I always appreciate your time. Thank you, Kelly. Have a great day. Lior Sanfiru, employment lawyer and co-founding partner at Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP.